Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. Back out to Allen. History Twitter. Curry for three. Wow! Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination, it's the journey. Mamba out. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys NBA podcast. My name is Mitch Casey. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA. And as always. I am joined by my good mate, Callum McMullen. How are you doing, man? Doing pretty well, Mitchie. Um, we've got some draft to talk about, so it's an exciting time. Yes, we've got some draft to talk about. NBA finals are going on. I'm not going to spoil anything for you because I know you haven't watched the, the game yet. But um, Don't tell me. Go- Don't tell me anything. <laughs> lots lots of stuff going on, but we're going to focus on draft and, and we're going to really ramp up the draft sort of chatter over the next few weeks because we've only got, I think there's only like two or three weeks left until the draft. So it's fast approaching. It's a big time in the NBA. It's a big, big thing on the calendar. And today we're coming at you with a mock draft. So we've done our big board. Now we've got some teams finally to put to the um, towards these players. Um, before we get into it, Cal, any we haven't actually spoken about the order on the podcast or anything like that. Any um, any thoughts about how it all all shook out? Um, the order itself, it it was pretty interesting. I. I'm kind of okay with how it all how it all left. Um, hopefully, we can bring back Detroit basketball if, if they have a number one pick. Yeah. I believe the last pick they had in the top three was um, back in the LeBron James. Yeah, the, had, uh, uh, Mir- uh, what's his da- name? Darko. Darko yeah, Militich. Well, so. ho- hopefully they can do better than that. I think I think it's a bit <laughs> a bit of an easier decision this time around. Um, so you know. They, I think I think they did all right last last year. They obviously had a, a few draft picks. They had Sadiq Bay and and Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart. Killian Hayes was obviously had a bit of a down year compared to what we expected. But I think they had a solid draft last year. And, and obviously adding number one pick to that bunch is a really good start to a rebuild. So that's that's good for the Pistons. I think um, in my personal opinion, I think that obviously the Raptors was um, I think they were the biggest winner of the night because I think. You know, as we'll as we'll discuss soon, I think there's a bit of a four-player top-heavy draft, and then it sort of drops off from there. And I think the player that they're going to get more than likely at, at this spot is going to be a perfect player that's going to be able to slot in. And, and I think they're going to have a quick, quick little rebuild and might be back into contention for the playoffs next year. So I think moving up in the order there was was huge for them. So um, you've got to be pretty happy if you're a Raptors fan. Yeah, I totally agree. I said last time on the big board, I thought it was a more of a five-player draft, but I have eased off. I think it is a four-person draft, and I've looked into uh, it in okay. more depth. So just to get in that top four slot is a huge win for Toronto. Yeah, yep. I, I definitely agree. I'll be interested to see who, who is that number four for you um, <laughs> as we go through our mock. So uh, we're going to get stuck into it. Um, this is a mock draft now. I know some mock drafts do these things a little bit differently. We are selecting if we were the person who was making the decision on draft night, not what we are predicting the team is going to do. I just think this is a bit more fun. We had to put in our insight on what we think of the prospects as well. So we're not making predictions. We are doing what we would do on draft night. We're essentially a general manager for tonight. Yep. We're general manager for seven different teams each. I've been, um, I I think I gave you the number one selection on the big board. So this time I'm going to be taking the number one pick. I've just assigned myself (laughs) number one pick. Uh, (laughs) Give myself a nice, easy layup. So, all right, here we go. With the number one overall pick, the Detroit Pistons select Cade Cunningham. Big shock. Wow. <laughs> shock, wow. shock in the world. Um, I think this one is, it's signed and just delivered. It's, it's an easy pick. I think he is the clear standout best prospect in the draft. 
I've heard a little bit of chatter about some players like Jalen Green and Evan Mobley stepping up there. I'm not even entertaining that if I'm Detroit. I think he fits alongside Killian Hayes. I think they've got two bigger guards that can play together. Uh, probably pushes Killian Hayes off the ball a bit more, which I think he can do. Um, gives him a bit more room and less responsibility, which I think will um, allow him to come along at his own pace instead of having as more expectations on him. You've got, you know, good size, um, good defensive switchability with a lot of your players all being sort of 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", with Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bey there. And then you've got Isaiah Stewart, who's a good defensive centre. So I just think that this is an easy pick. I think this um, Kate Cunningham is going to be a multi-time all-star, potentially even an MVP candidate at his ceiling. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I think that this is a slam dunk. Do you, do you have anything else to, to add to Kate or, or would you have gone somewhere different here, Cal? Um, look, I consider a couple other players, but I, I think it's an easy pick. As you said, yeah. it's a layup. You, you have to go with him. He, his, his ceiling, I feel like he's probably got the highest floor in the draft. Yes, he's going to be a contributor. 100%. He's six foot eight. He, he looks like he can defend his three-point shooting. Um, he actually th- shot 40% from the field in, in college, and that was when all the defenses was homing in. So yeah, it, it's he pretty much ticks every box. He can he can pass. I wouldn't really call him a pure point guard, um, which is yeah. why I think he can fit with Killian Hayes. And and as you touched on, this will take some of the ball out of his hand. But I think they can they can run the floor together. In in this day's NBA, you want more guys who can handle the ball. Yeah. And and with those two, I don't. Some people are saying that Killian Hayes. Um, you know, it's not a good fit. They've already got a point guard. I don't see it being an issue at all. Um, you need guys that can handle the ball. So I think it's a yeah. huge win for Detroit. Detroit Pistons have a lot of young assets now. So oh, they're, they're looking good. I like I like their future. I think I think they've got a good young core assembled. And um, and I think yeah, just just adding this talent to the team and roster. I think they they're going to be a lot better this year just from this addition alone. Personally, um, so. Yeah, I think, I think that one is probably one of the more boring picks of the draft. I haven't seen too many people or too many mock drafts out there go somewhere else. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we'll move on pretty quickly. Let's throw it over to you for the um, second pick in the draft, the Houston Rockets. Before I get you to do your pick, just a bit of background on the Rockets. I've got a couple of team needs here for them. I think they're in the very early stages of a rebuild. So, basically, they need just overall talent. They need a franchise player at this point. They don't really have someone who's their cornerstone piece yet. Um, although a couple of notable pieces that they've got here, I would say that Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. are probably their main notable pieces. You could also throw in there KJ Martin Jr. or Jay Sean Tate and, and other players like that. But, you know, if they are a contending team in the end of the day, I don't know if they're, you know, starting level sort of talents, maybe. But I don't think that those kind of players should necessarily prevent you from drafting someone in that position but i'll throw it over to you who who are the houston rockets drafting at the second pick so the houston rockets with the second pick in the draft uh gonna take jalen green i I think it's a good fit for them um i I would honestly even say like detroit should consider him um but you have to go with Cade. but I, i think he's a good spot there um this guy i think can put up 25 points in this league he will be a scorer he is athletic as hell six six just like the goat himself. Um, He'll fit in with with the rest they have now. Obviously, I think John Wall, he's probably going to be shipped out if someone will take his contract on. The the only long-term pieces, as you touched on, really, are kind of Christian Wood and then, I guess, Kevin Porter Jr. and then some of those other younger assets. So they have to swing for the fences here. And I think that person is Jalen Green. This guy will be an offensive talent. He still has some areas to improve. Could improve in his playmaking. Um, but I am pretty excited with him and I think he is a stud. You look, um, I, I definitely, I, I, I like the pick. I think it's, it's definitely something, I think, I think the draft starts here personally. Um, if I were the Rockets, I would be considering Evan Mobley as well. Um, I think it's between those two players. I know we did our big board show. I had Evan Mobley ahead of Jalen Green and I think I had Suggs ahead of Green as well. I think I've probably flipped those two um, back again so I probably have Green third on my big board and Evan Mobley still ahead but I don't think the gap's big enough to justify taking Mobley when you've got someone like Christian Wood there um, so I probably do agree with you that that he is the sensible pick here um, because I think he fits the team better and the talent disparity in my opinion is not wide enough to go against that fit but 
I, I am interested. I, I, I could see if I'm predicting, I could actually see them going Mobley. And I think a lot of other mock drafts have Mobley going at this position, but I do also see a lot of players, a lot of other mock drafts out there that, that do take, do take green. So yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what actually does happen on, um, on draft night. Did you, did you ever consider another player here or were you always pretty, cause I know you were a bit higher on green initially in our big board when, when we recorded last. <laughs> I'm pretty high in green. I, I've, I've kind of considered Kate as a one a and, and green as a, a one B. Yeah. And, okay. then, and then I see a little bit of a drop off. I, I think Mobley does look like kind of like your Chris Bosch kind of, kind of type like defensive yeah, big man okay. that can play a bit of perimeter defense, but he was only a, a you know, third offensive um, kind of option on a, on a tramp- championship team. I think this guy could could be a number one option. Could be a Donovan Mitchell type kind of leader team to the number one seed as like kind of a ceiling. So, yeah, maybe even better than that. Like he's he's taller than um than Donovan. He's got the physical tools. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I remember you made a lofty comparison between him and Michael Jordan. Our last (laughs) in our last podcast. Um, Oh, I I snuck it in then as well. Didn't you hear me? He's six six, just like the goat, (laughs) just like the goat. So that's a sign. I didn't want to mention it, but I guess I'm forced to. But <laughs> lofty expectations for the young man. But um, his fader is unguardable, just like yeah. Michael's. So if he, he can if he can hit it with some consistency, then he's definitely shooting for the stars. I, I think his swing factors will be like his playmaking, like you said, and and sort of passing abilities, but also his defense. And in saying that, he has the tools. Like he's got that wingspan, he's got the long arms, the frame to be a good defender. I don't necessarily think he's shown that he's a bad defender, but he hasn't yet shown those defensive instincts that you've seen from someone like a Cade Cunningham um, already, but on the offensive side of the floor, like he, he is a bucket. And I think he probably has the highest ceiling out of anyone in this draft in terms of a pure scorer um, who can go get you. Like if, if of all this draft classes, he had the highest career points per game average out of everyone in this draft class, I would not be surprised. Um, and so if that's what you're looking for, and I think that is a good thing um, to look for, obviously, um, and I think that's that. what Houston are after. Like Mobley, yeah. yes, can be like a, a very good foundational piece, but I don't think he's that number one guy. And and this, when you have no real young assets, like well, I guess they have some young assets, but they don't have any real, you yeah. know, core pieces that for a championship and not like a number one piece like Jalen Green could be. So I, I think yeah, you have to I, take him. I, I do think it's probably easier to build around a Jalen Green than a Mobley. Um, I, I do think if you had a Mobley, you'd need another centerpiece offensive weapon next to him to make that team a legit contending team. So um, I do like the pick. Let's move on to the next pick, pick three of the draft. And we've got the Cleveland Cavaliers on the clock. Um, For my team needs here, I've got, again, they probably still need a franchise player. Um, They've got a bit more talent than the first two teams with, with the, the sex land backcourt. But um, I don't know. I, I don't see either of them as like that franchise number one player just yet. Um, they need some front court help and they obviously need a bit of defense um, with a backcourt like that. You know, there's not a lot of defense in that backcourt. So um, a defense is a big key thing for them. Um, I think if this happens on, on draft night, Cleveland is wrapped. I think that they're going to get the perfect player for them fall to them. Uh, and I think that if this happens, they're going to take this player. If, for example, it doesn't work out like this. I could see Cleveland making a trade and trading down with this pick. But again, if it goes the way that we predicted it, I think they'd be very happy to take Evan Mobley with the third pick. Um, I know they have Jarrett Allen there, but I just think that you're taking the best player available. I think with the lack of defense that they have in the backcourt, having a rim protector and a, someone who can take up and um, wash away some of those mistakes like a Mobley, would just be awesome for them if someone like a Sexton or a Garland can really, you know, they're, they're high points per game scorers. Um, they can handle that side of the ball. So I think a fit like this is, is a match made in heaven. So I think this is an ideal scenario for, for Cleveland personally. Um, I think if it goes this way, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, Evan Mobley to the Cavs? I think it's a good fit. Um, I, I'm not too sure if, I think he is versatile enough to play um, with, I guess, their cornerstone center and Jared Allen. So I'm not too sure. Maybe he's going to have to start to get some kind of mid-range and outside shot or Jared Allen will, but I'm not too sure how those, the minutes would work between those two. But yeah. um, Evan Mobley is actually pretty good in the perimeter. He's got a bit of a handle. 
Um, he he, he kind does. of reminds me a bit of even I did the Chris Bosch comparison. He, he actually even reminds me a little bit of um, Jonathan Isaac as well, just because yeah. he's long and, and can actually, he's such a big dude, but can also dribble and take it to the rim. So yeah, like an even bigger Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. I, I can see that kind of comparison. Yep. Cause yep. he's got that, he's got that sort of like couple dribble drive, like face up kind of game. Um, probably doesn't have the three point range just yet, but you could definitely see it coming. Like the, the form is fine. Um, so I, I, I do see that that is a, uh, like there's definitely a lot of upside there in terms of uh, future projection um, for, for Mobley. So. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and they need someone who can assist their defense at one of the worst defenses yeah. in the league. Oh, horrible. Um, and I guess they do have more of a need for the power forward slot. Um, and if he can slot into there, then sure. Oh, and he can be a yeah. small ball center as well. So, yeah. I, 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 I see him as a center long-term personally. Um, I, I, again, I think going back to our big board video, I did compare him to the upside of like a, uh, like a, sorry, an Anthony Davis. And I do, I do still see that as, as sort of his ceiling. Um, you know, it's, it's a fairly big ceiling to live up to, but he's got that defensive. He's, he's the most impactful defender in this entire draft, I believe. And you can definitely see the tools there on the offensive side of the, the ball. Um, but even in saying that, someone like Anthony Davis couldn't get it done on his own. You know, he needed that that second guy, that sort of the lead offensive player, sort of get him over the hump, which was LeBron James. But um, I, I think that still probably would be the case with someone like a, a Mobley. Whether that's Garland or, or Sexton, I mean, we'll see. But I think it's a good start and, and it's the, the best thing you could do here for the Cavs. Let's, um, anything else you want to say there or should we move on to the next pick? Um, let, let's move on. Let's go go to the. I think All it's right. going to be the hardest pick in the draft this fourth. The, the, pick. Toronto Raptors. <laughs> oh well, I don't. Know. I think you might be being a bit facetious there, but <laughs> I think um, if I just go through their team needs here, um, they probably need some rim protection and rebounding, but also a bit of defense and guard depth, depending on what's happening with Kyle Lowry and his free agency. Current pieces, I think they've got a good sort of core to start off with, with Fred Van Vliet, who recently re-signed, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam being their main pieces. Um, again, there's a question mark with what's going with Kyle Lowry in free agency, um, but I'll throw it over to you. Who, who are the Toronto Raptors selecting at pick four? So at, at four, it's a no-brainer. Um, as we said, it's a four-man draft. Um, left in our draft, they're going to have to take Jalen Suggs, which I yep. think is a great pick for them. Um, whether... You know, Mobley is there, you take him. Or if Jalen Green is there, I think Toronto would take him as well. So yeah. it, it'd be one of those three players, um, yeah. essentially. But Jalen Suggs is a good pick for them. I think if, if Kyle Lowry is, goes out, then um, he can just slot straight into the starting position. Otherwise, he could just do a bit of... Pro- it might be, say, half a season. I wouldn't be surprised if K- Kyle Lowry does do some kind of sign and trade. Um, maybe yeah. get some time on this belt and a bit of mentorship. Who really knows? But I still think it's a great fit. Um, he, he fit next to Fred Van Fleet really nicely. One name you didn't mention was um, Gary Trent Jr. Is probably in their, their long-term yeah. plans as well. He's he's quite good. So they got some young guys there. And, and I think he does slot in really well. I think he, he is a future all-star. Personally, he's kind of got all the tricks in him that he needs in mm-hmm. his bag to be a really productive kind of yep. scorer, facilitator um, for a really good NBA team. I think I think all four of these guys at the top of this draft are potential all-stars. I do think that a lot of them have high floors and high ceilings. So that's why I say that it's a four four-person draft at the top of the up top of the um, the high-end talent. Um, so I think that yeah, J- Jalen Suggs, like, and for the Raptors here, they're, they're in a perfect position because they can draft any one of those three players um, or any one of those four players, I should say. Heaven, you know, if um, I'd be very surprised if Kate Cunningham fell this far, but any one of those four players would fit perfectly on this team. You know, you, you have you have someone like a Fred Van Vliet, which makes things so flexible. He can either play either play off the ball or he can be the primary ball handler. So if you if you get a Jalen Green, you just move Fred Van Vliet to the, the point guard. If you if you get a um, Mobley there, well then that's, that fixes the center woes, which was one of the big issues for the Raptors that they had last season. So. Uh, with them not liking to play Boucher in that position. So I think that they are very, very happy with whoever falls to them. And with Suggs there, you get a good defender. You get someone who's um, extremely professional, extremely aggressive when it comes to attacking the rim, um, which would fit in very well with all these guys and does have the ability to, to, to shoot a little bit, space the floor a little bit to help those wings sort of slash and get in there. So 
I think the Raptors are in a great position. And from here, I think this is where the draft really gets interesting because depending on the order and maybe if there's a trade or something like that, those are the first four names off the board. Um, I'm glad to hear that you haven't gone Kaminga over, <laughs> over Suggs there. Um, throwing nah, nah, big board. N- n- not a chance. Not a ch- Suggs definitely is upside so much higher. Um, 50% field goal. He put up a pretty, a pretty nice kind of 14, five and five with like 1.9 steals. So some, some good stats there in his, in his college debut. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like Suggs. I, I think he's going to, he's going to have a long um, and prosperous NBA career. Let's, let's move on to, this is, this is the interesting part, part of the draft here because I probably going to surprise a few people with my pick here. Um, Do it. Do it. Yeah, I think I it's think, a tough pick. Honestly, number five could I, go many ways. Uh, I, I, I have debated between um, the, I guess the consensus pick here and, and then the pick that I'm going to end up going with um, because the pick that, let, let me read through the Orlando's um, needs first. First of all, they're, they're starting their rebuild. They obviously traded away the house last season. So they need overall talent. They need that franchise player. They also need a lot of shooting because their backcourt in Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz, you throw in uh, Wendell Carter Jr. there, Jonathan Isaac. None of them are really great shooters. So shooting and floor spacing is definitely going to be needed. They, they have two picks, pick five and pick eight. So they've got two opportunities to do that. Now, I debated selecting Jonathan Kaminga here because he seems to be the guy that everyone wants to pick. He seems to be the next highest upside guy. But I'm not. the more and more I look into this draft, the less I am confident about Kaminga and the further and further down he slides on my big board. Um, if I was the Magic, I'm considering it only because I have a second pick and I have another pick that I can take someone who's a bit safer, who I'm a bit more sure on. And maybe this guy that I'm about to pick will be there but I'm, I'm a big believer, and I think that this guy, um, Moses Moody, is going to be the player that I select at pick number five. Um, I think he fills the need. He's the quintessential 3 and D player that the NBA loves at the moment. It is um, you're looking at teams like Phoenix and uh, Milwaukee. They're filled with those kind of players um, who are in the finals right now. So, um, But I think he's got, uh, his biggest knock is low ceiling, which... I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. I see a ceiling of a player like Chris Middleton with with um, Moses Moody, a player who can score, who can shoot. He gets to the free throw line a bunch, so he's aggressive, um, and just someone who fits right into this team and fits a lot of a need, and as well as a, I think he's a really good player. So, what are your thoughts on Moses Moody going to the Orlando Magic? Look, I think I think you could have gone a bit later. You might have, in the Magic's point of view, you might have snuck snuck him up at uh, at the eighth pick. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of a reach. I think you probably could have gone see, someone else. I'll be see, honest. See, I'm a little is, bit surprised. <laughs> the problem is, I know that if I know I've got the seventh pick, and I know I would have taken him there as the Golden State Warriors. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they can. If if I was them, and I thought, and there's all this talk that Moses movie's going a bit later, you could probably get him with the eighth pick. But I don't know. I, I'm just not as sold on Kaminga. The other player that I considered here was Scotty Barnes. I think I've got like those three players in the next tier, but I think Scotty Barnes's fit on this team is just not, it doesn't really make sense next to Jonathan Isaac and Wendell Carter and that sort of thing. I don't really want to clutter that front court with no shooting. Um, so I just think he's the best fit of those three players that I've got in the next tier before the rest of the draft. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's, he- it's interesting. I'm looking at his stats. He, um, he didn't really shoot the ball lights out. Um, his field goals, it's only 42.7%. Uh, Three-point field goal is 30, about 36% from the field. Yes, yeah, so he, he was pretty good at free throws. Um, yes. he, he pretty much made six a game, which is pretty crazy. Yes. So he is he aggressive. shot a lot. Shot a lot of free throws. Yeah. Yep. It's part of his play style. Um, put up about 17 points. And then with your one block, 0.7, oh, sorry, uh, one steal and 0.7 blocks. Doesn't really get any assists. That's not what he's there for. He's, he's really a an aggressive shooting guard who gets to the rim or can, he can shoot the three as well. He's a reasonable. Um, he's, he is a good, shooter. he's a good shooter. His shot mechanics look so smooth. I love, I love his mechanics. They look effortless. Something that can easily translate. Um, and just like that, that free throw rate to me is a big, it's a big thing because I think that's easily translatable to the NBA. It's something that is an underrated and very valuable skill for someone to have as a guard. Um, and, if you look at his measurables on the um, the draft combine, he's got a, a seven foot plus wingspan, huge hands. Um, someone who, just from a physical point of view, is is extremely versatile. And I just think that 
if you're starting your rebuild, no matter who, because uh, I don't think you're getting your franchise player at this pick. I don't, I don't see a franchise level talent here. So if I'm Orlando, I'm, I'm planning for next year's draft and the years to come after that, that maybe I can get my franchise guy in next year's draft or I can trade for him or something like that. And, and then Moody's going to be one of those complimentary pieces along with someone like Jonathan Isaac. Um, and that that's a really good core to me there. But um, I understand that it might not be for everyone. I think that is usually <laughs> a little bit later in the draft, but I'm a big Moses Moody fan. Yeah, I will guarantee that the Magic will have a high draft pick next um, draft. Yes, so I, I it, it's so. fair enough. They don't have to hit for the defenses this time around, but they've got that five and they've got the eighth to try and get some good young assets and, yep. and really kind of just make that talent, maximize it. So I, look, I don't hate it. I probably wouldn't have gone with this uh, with that pick personally, but sure. Yep. Um, I'm just obviously I'm scrolling down. <laughs> we're, we're doing a, we're doing a, a draft thing right now and on this um this big board, he's down at 17 on this ESPN uh, big board ranking. So um, just scrolling okay. down to pick him at pick five, bit interesting there. <laughs> so uh, the, there was two settings. There was the ESPN or there was the um, the built-in simulating. Oh, yeah. and, and they actually yeah. have Moses Moody at seven on this draft board. Oh, so look, okay. he's obviously got a bit of variety that some people like yes. him, a bit, bit polarizing. Yeah, very polarizing. Um, let's throw it over to you. I'll, I'll just run through quickly. We've got our OKC Thunder on the board now. Again, another team that is starting their rebuild. They're going heavy. I think this is the new process. Like this is trust the process kind of territory. Um, the only real current piece that they have on their roster that I would say is um, someone you wouldn't draft over is Shea Gilles Alexander. Yes, they've got other players like Dort and, and Pokashevsky and Isaiah Roby, but I don't know. If, you, if there's a player in their position that you, you like their talent, you, I don't think you stop yourself drafting them because of those players. But um, but they're just looking for overall talent at this point. Um, so I'll throw it over to you. Who are the OKC, OKC Thunder taking at pick six? So, um, look, I'm a bit taken aback. Moses Moody is off the board. Um, so I, can't, <laughs> I can no longer consider him. But th- th- that's okay. I, um, for this pick, I was cons- it was pretty much between two players for me yep. um, in Kaminga and, and Scotty Barnes. So th- th- yep. those are the two guys I was like, you know what? Um, they've got Shea um, Gilgis Alexander, who's... Um, but definitely a young start. He's got a bright future. Um, they've kind of cleared the deck with their centers. So maybe, look, you could get a center. They traded um, that prospect to the Celtics in the mm-hmm. um, Kemba Walker trade. Um, Al Horford, I don't know what's going on there. He, um, did he get traded? Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's been gone. traded to the Celtics. Oh, he was in that trade as well. Yeah. Okay, fair so enough. They currently, they currently have Kemba Walker on their team, but I can guarantee you that won't be there at the start of the season. Yeah, the, the only long-term pieces is really Shea, um, you know, SGA, and Dort. I guess you could say Poku. Yeah. <laughs> and and then probably Lou Dort as well, because Lou Dort yeah. does look like a legit stopper. So it, they definitely have a lot of, lot of places to go. They could go big and, and they could go they could go a wing as well. So yeah. I, I, I actually ended up um, mixing my board up a bit. And from, okay. from the last big board. And yep. I think Scotty Barnes is a, a better prospect than Kaminga. Yes. I've come around to him. Yes. And I, I think they should take Scotty Barnes. With Scotty the Barnes. S- was it six? Number six yes. pick in the draft. Six pick. I love it. I love it. I, he is he's my next player on my big board too. I've, I've moved Kaminga down below him. Um, so, yeah, talk me through why. Uh, sell me. I mean, you don't have to sell me, but sell the audience. Sell the people listening <laughs> on, on why you've gone Scotty Barnes over Kaminga. I just love his game. I think defensively he will be good from the from the get go. He's six nine. He's long. Um, he can play the small forward, the power forward, maybe even small center in the future if he puts some size on. Um, he's a great passer as well. This is kind of like what sold me on him. He is a very mm, good passer. Yes, great IQ. Yep. He played he, point guard in college. Like he literally played their point guard. Exactly. Um, and 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 he put up some reasonable stats. Like um, his scoring probably needs to come. He's not a scoring guy, but I think he's just a real great glue guy to any good team and and he will be elite he, he he's kind of like maybe a ben simmons light not, not on you know just because he's big tall. on the defensive end of the, the floor definitely i, I can definitely yeah. see that comparison and, and the passing aspect as yeah. well so i can see yeah. a bit of big ben in him and um and you know 1.5 steals a game 0.5 blocks he had put up four assists as well what? so they're, they're running it through him I, I i actually really quite like it this man's ceiling I, I, one, one thing I love about him, um, just watching the film, is is his motor and his energy levels. Like, he is someone that, you know, I say he'd play point guard. He also played point guard on the defensive end and guarded people, like, full court, like, full pressure defense, like, little quick guards. He was locking up players like um, Davion Mitchell and, and those sort of type players. So, 
Um, very versatile on the defensive side is as a player that you could say literally could guard one through five. Um, so, which is, I know that that term gets thrown around a lot and we always say, oh yeah, he can guard one through five, but, but I think he is a player that literally could do that. Um, jump shot, you know, it's questionable. It's something that's obviously one of his weaknesses and probably going to be his, you know, what determines his ceiling. Other comparisons are players like a uh, Draymond Green or, or someone even I've seen um, Giannis comparisons. I kind of see it with Giannis a little bit like in terms of without the offense, without that sort of, um, you know, he's a bit smaller, but someone who did test very well at the combine again, he had excellent sort of agility and shuttle run times up there with some of the best for everyone who tested. So he's definitely got the physical tools. So no, I love it. He was definitely the next guy on my big board. So um, I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I can see some all defensive teams for him. And and look, the facilitating, it does remind me a bit of Draymond Green. That is a good comparison. Yeah. But I think he can um, get some kind of mid-range, may, maybe hit like the corner three or something. But yeah, think, offensively, just at the passing, I don't think yeah. he's a liability at all anyway. And yeah. the defensive upside is so big. Yeah, 100%. I agree there. Let's move on to pick seven where the Golden State Warriors have got their pick. Um, now, to, now, we're not going to be projecting any trades here, but I think... If, if the draft went this way for the Golden State Warriors, I actually think it's a nightmare kind of situation because um, <laughs> two guys that I think that they were hoping were going to be there, in my opinion. I know I've, I've seen a lot of Davion Mitchell. I'm not going to go there. Spoiler alert. Um, you know, I think Scotty Barnes on this team would be really, really effective. I think Moses Moody on this team would be really, really a great fit. Um, the next player on my big board um, is Jonathan Kaminga. But I think if you are Golden State Warriors, you're not looking for someone who's a project down the line. You want someone who's going to be contributing right away if you're keeping this pick. Um, so whilst he might be the next player on my big board, I'm, I'm looking for a team, a player that, you know, I need some shooting and defense. Maybe I need a bit of depth at the wing positions. Um, I might even be looking at some Wiseman insurance because I'm not 100% sold on him, depending on what I think. So who am I going to go here? Uh, I, I, I'll just say, like, because you are the GM right now, if, yeah. if you do think that Kaminga is a much better asset right now than any other person on the board, surely you, you get him and then maybe try and trade him for, for an asset. Well, right? well, I'd be trying to trade the pick. I like If I'm in the draft room, I'm in the war room right now, I'm trying to mm. trade the pick. I don't but it'd be, it would, it would be to a team that him. would want Kaminga. Someone that obviously will yeah. draft Kaminga. So you're essentially training Kaminga on draft day. Yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like you, then you're stuck with him if no one if no one bites. Do you know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> I, I, I would be to He'll be a good pick. defender. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna assume. I'm assuming that he's gonna be on my team start starting the regular season. So for that reason, I'm not gonna go Kaminga. And I'm actually going to go with. I'm gonna go with Keon Johnson at this point in the draft. I think. Um, whilst Love I'm him. probably Love him. <laughs> he, he's moved up my big boards I think I was a bit lower when we went through our last podcast um, but I, 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 I had him pretty him. high I had him like number yeah. 7 <laughs> I, I, I moved him up I moved him up I think that you know in this team you don't need someone who can create their own shot you've got Steph you've got Clay um, so some just another player that you can plug in he's got a higher upside so you're getting a good prospect for the future but you're also getting someone who can impact the defensive side of the floor right now and with the gravity that clay and steph bring to this team i think keon johnson just those cutting um skills and that athleticism will will be able to shine um, the most and his biggest swing factor is shooting so what better team to put him on on than the team with the splash brothers so they can definitely help his shooting so i think if the draft goes this way, I think Keon Johnson is going to be my pick for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I love Keon. He is an athletic freak. Um, you pretty much have him and Jalen Green are probably in a league of their own. But Keon Johnson athleticism, it's its raw, but that man can jump. He, he'll definitely have some highlight reel kind of stuff that those Golden State Warriors will, will love to see. Um, I can see some great passes Ali plays between uh, the split, like Steph Curry, Draymond to oh, it'd be, Keon it'd Johnson. Be great. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, they, they'd love him over there in San Francisco. Like the place they would love him with, with some of his plays. So I, I actually, I like the fit. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure if it'll actually go that way on, on draft day, but um, yeah, I don't mind it at all. All right. Look, interesting pick. I'm, I'm surprised you passed in Kaminga here, though. I think he still could fit that team, play some yeah. defense. He'd just come off the bench, be a, be a role player. I think I think if we're if we're actually predicting what would happen, I would be very surprised if Kaminga is still on the board. But um, I, I guess this just shows 
I'm, I'm not I'm not a huge fan, and I'll, I think it's your pick now. <laughs> we'll throw it over to you um, for the. Um, we've already talked about the uh, Orlando Magic's team needs and, and current pieces, so let's make the pick for the um, the eighth pick in the draft. Yeah, well, I, I think they're laughing right now. That the, obviously, I just refreshed everyone. They they did end up taking uh, Moses Moody, which was your pick. So yep. they got a shooter, and now they kind of get that versatile wing. They're going to take Kaminga. They can't pass up on, on the best to, yeah. asset. Their yeah. team is terrible. They need the best assets possible. He's yeah. the best on the board. Take him. Um, I think they would be very happy that they got Kaminga at the um, the eighth pick here. That's, I think yeah. that's huge. I think that's a big I, win for them. <laughs> I, think, I think that this is like, look, if they walk away from the draft with these two players, I think that is a huge win for the Orlando Magic. And, it's, and it might happen in reverse. They might go Kaminga first and then Moses Moody might be there at, yeah. at eight. Um, and I think that a package of those two players is the ideal scenario for Orlando, really, because you're getting someone with high upside who you can take time with. Um, but may, you know, a bit more bust potential. And then you're getting someone like Moses Moody, who's, you know, exactly what every team's looking for. Um, so I, I think it's, yeah. you know, what, what, tell me your thoughts on, on Kaminga, because I, I've got a few things that I want to say, but I want, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on him first, because um, I, I want to compare him to a few other players um, in yep. recent times. But, but tell me, what, why do you like Kaminga? And, and also, why, why have you gone? Is it more the fact that you've, um, you like, Scotty Barnes more that he's moved down your board or is it, have you soured on, on Kaminga a little bit since our last pod? Um, I guess the comparison there is I think that because Scotty Barnes actually is such, I think he actually is such a good passer mm. with those four assists. I saw yeah. him running the court. I think that can be very useful. Um, and I think his defensive upside is better than Kaminga's anyway. And, and when you look at Kaminga, who's like, when it, I feel like there's one every draft where it's like, oh, this guy, he's, he's the next Kawhi Leonard. Mm. Um, he's got that potential. Th- that is Kaminga this year. Um, it's one of the most unlikely things that um, you get a Kawhi Leonard. And, yes. and <laughs> um, so I think it is unlucky. But he look, once again, he's got the tools. I think he's got the tools to be a great, solid kind of role player. Um, I don't even think he'd be the third option on a, a championship team. But he's, he's a bit good glue guy. Maybe he could become that third option. Um, and, and that's why I've kind of gone off him because I think Scotty Barnes yeah. could be, I think it could be that third option for sure. Just because of his facilitating. And if you yeah. get some kind of mid range game with the defense he already has, I, I think he's just a no brainer over the two um, at that position. So, yeah. but anyway, look, I think the magic are very happy with Kaminga here. I, I like his, some comparisons I give him would be a bit of a Pascal Siakam mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe even um uh, I, I lost it. I had someone else, but I think okay. Pascal yeah. Siakam is, is That's a, a good com- comparison from long, can't really shoot, but he's got some tools. Can yeah, because Siakam's potential. still got a way to go as well. Yeah, yeah. I it think was OG, um, sorry, OG Ananobi. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the pretty Raptors, much a Raptors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. Um, I look. I the the biggest thing on Kaminga, and and the thing we always seem to hear when you when you read any of the scouting reports or you, you watch the film, it's it's potential. It's, it's, you, you see the body, you see the athleticism. He hasn't put it together yet. You know, what did he shoot under 40% from the field? Um, terrible three point yeah, percentage. 38.7%. Um, yeah. Turnovers, turnovers were high, horrible decision maker. So he's raw. He's, he's someone who was projected really well coming out of high school, uh, was one of the top prospects out of high school, kind of didn't shine as well as someone like Jalen Green in the um, G League. So, and I feel like we get a player like this in every single draft. Um, I've, I've made a little bit of a list here in the past 10 years. Um, the players that are this car type of architect type, they're athletic. They've got a lot of potential if they put it all together. I'll run through a few names for you. Um, I'll, I'll start with the success stories. Here are the success stories in the past 10 years. You've got Jalen Green. You've got Kawhi Leonard. You've got Zach Levine. You've got Giannis. You've got Jimmy Butler and you've got Paul George. Okay. So there's six players in the last 10 years. Great players there. Great players. Guess how Some many of my those favorites. players? Guess how many of those players were selected in the top ten? Um, well, I know Kawhi and PG were around thirteen. I know Jimmy yep. Butler was thirtieth. Um, Jalen Jalen Green was. He was. He was. Was yes. he third pick? Second or third pick? Yep. Um, he's the only one. I'll, I'll give you a spoiler. He was the only one. That was it. There was only one of those players selected inside the top ten. Jalen Green. Here are okay. I'm going to go through the players that are the not success stories. Um, okay, here we go. Obi Toppin. 
I know it's one year, but I'm already out on him. Um, Josh Jackson, Dennis Smith Jr., Marquise Chris, Stanley Johnson, Andrew Wiggins, Aaron Gordon, Anthony Bennett, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, and Thomas Robinson. So there's 12 players there. Can you guess how many of those players were selected in the top 10? Um, all of them. All of them. Every, every single one. Every <laughs> single player from that list was selected in the top 10. I don't know what it is, but it seems like we overrate these athletic like potential guys in every draft. And, and the statistics are just against it. I feel like it, it's not something that we can sustainably project. And, and I don't know, maybe because they are drafted later in the draft, they've got a bit more of a chip on their shoulder. I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. But um, I'm just, I don't like drafting players like that as high as pick number five. So I think if you get him a pick eight here, when he's, you know, selected at pick, you know, to go at pick five, I think that's a better decision and a better outcome for you to get a player like Kaminga. But just my opinion, he could prove me wrong. He could be the next Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Um, I'm just not <laughs> as sold on it. I need to see more. It's it's a bit of an ambitious um, pick, isn't it? It's kind of like you swing for the fences because yeah. the floor isn't like, it, it's more like the floor isn't a bust. The floor is a role player that can defend. And the floor's then- a disappointment though for that kind of pick. It is, okay. it is, and then but the ceiling—that's what you—that's why you make the pick. You make the pick yeah. for him to become a Kawhi Leonard. And yeah. uh, one name I think you left off your list, which was last year's yeah. um, big Kawhi Leonard, was—it's got to be Patrick Williams, right? Did you mention him? Yes. Uh, no, I didn't mention him. Yeah, Patrick no, Williams. He's he another one. He—he he he, was the Kawhi Leonard of last year, and I like his game. I think yeah, he's got some some high potential. It's, he didn't fit in either list just yet. He was a bit early, you know. I put Obi Toppin in there because I'm not I'm not sold on yeah. him. But um, Patrick Williams could be a winner, but he could also be a loser. So I didn't want to lump him in either one. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's just I just found it hilarious that all those players in there were top ten, and then only one I could find <laughs> in the top ten that was an actual success or an all star. So um, anyway, we've probably talked too much about Jonathan Kaminga. Let's let's move on to the next pick. Um, who is the Sacramento Kings, okay? And that is me back up on the board. All right, so for the Sacramento Kings, you know, we've got a few things. They need some front court depth. They need defense. They need defense above all because they, you know, I think they they last last in defense (laughs) by a fair way. Their current pieces, Darren Fox and Tyrese Halliburton are probably their main pieces. You do have Buddy Heald and um, Marvin Bagley is who I'm just not a fan of. They do have a bit of a free agency situation going on with, with Sean Holmes. I have a feeling that he might be leaving in free agency. So, you know, a center there might, might be the way to go. Um, this is a tough one here. Uh, Keon Johnson was a player that I was hoping was going to fall to me at this point in the draft. But I'm going to take a, a swing here and I'm going to go for upside and I'm going to take Jalen Johnson um, for the Kings here. I think he is probably a good fit there. Uh, you can maybe move Bagley to the center if Rashawn Holmes goes, or you can just get rid of Bagley because I don't believe in him. Um, and Jalen Johnson is some of that one of those players who high upside, athletic, has a bit of playmaking potential in him. Potentially, he did shoot forty percent from threes, but I, I think that was from very limited attempts. His jump shot looks really weird, so I'm not confident with that translating. But super athletic, has a defensive tools has some playmaking tools and then some offensive upside as well to sort of go there. So it's a bit of an upside pick, a pick nine, but um, I think this is the, the time to sort of do it and the, and a good fit for the um, the Sacramento Kings here. I think it is a good fit. They need that kind of small forward, defensive kind of orientated guy. Um, I like his game too. He's one of the few people that has over a steal and a block a game. So he actually has yep. 1.2 steals and 1.2 blocks respectively. So I think that's great upside. Um, the three-point field goal, I think he definitely he just needs to work on his form and, and get this confidence. Um, you look at his percentage, he actually shot 44%, which is funny, but he didn't attempt many. So it's unrealistic yep. to think that he will do that. Um, but his field goal is quite good anyway, 52% from the field at, at college. Yep. So as, as a freshman, I actually really like him as a prospect. I think he, with the 6'9 frame, I, yep. I actually really do quite like his defensive potential. And, and yep. I think he could be a good glue guy. And, and there's definitely some some like upside there as well. So, yeah, I think, yeah. And I think at this point in the draft, like this is where I've got my, I'm calling this now tier four um, with all the prospects here. And and I've got about 10 to 12 different names in this tier. There's a, there's a big blanket over a bunch of players. So to me, it's a bit more about fit and where, what kind of player you're after. Are you after a potential guy? Are you after someone who's contributing right now? So there's a wide range of, 
of options, I think, at this point in the draft. Um, so even though he may not be the top of my board, I think he's the best fit of the guys left for this team. So um, here's a guy I'm picking here for, for the Sacramento Kings. Let's, um, let's maybe move on to the next pick. The What are we at now? The 10th pick in the draft. We're up to the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, their current pieces that they're building around Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram. Um, there's question marks about Lonzo Ball, so they might need some guard depth. They need a center because I don't think Steven Adams is the answer. I don't know if uh, uh, Jackson is there as well, Jackson Hayes. Um, but they probably also need some shooting, some defense to, to, to complement Zion, who's their centerpiece, obviously. So um, who are you selecting at pick 10 for the Pelicans, Cal? So if I was taking the best prospect off the board, I probably wouldn't be making this pick. I'm doing this pick for fit. I, I think okay. he's got upside. I, I've already got my core piece. I've got Zion Williamson. Yes. I, I've got a tradable, very tradable asset in um, Brandon Ingram as well. Um, if I chose to do that, he's on a, he's, I've got five years on his contract anyway. So yeah. I've got a bit of flexibility. I know my future. Um, the Lonzo Ball situation is a question mark. He could be walking. I believe he's restricted, um, but you never really know um, what's going to happen there. So he may not be on the roster, but we know for a f- I know for a fact that Eric Bledsoe will not be re-signing. He did not like <laughs> his time there. He is leaving. Yeah. Um, so there you definitely some the, exactly you don't want him there. Um, there's definitely going to be some point guard minutes. I personally actually do really like Kira Lewis Jr. Um, he, yes. he potentially could get some more minutes next season. But that being said, um, I think there is an opening there. And and given you got Point Zion as as a real thing, I think at this pick. Um, Davion Mitchell is, is, is a good pick at this spot. He's defensive orientated. Um, he, he, he can be a good spot up three point shooter as well. Yep. Um, I think he does fit that timeline a bit more. You have Zion. Zion has had a historic season shooting, um, getting about 26 points on 61% field goal. Historic. I think you don't, you don't wait around when you have talent like that. You just get the kind of I think Davion Mitchell is more of a win now guy as opposed to some of the more prospects looking guys. So yeah. for that reason, as the GM, I think Davion Mitchell is probably the best pick here and, I, and I'll take him. Okay, interesting. Um, I think there's a lot of talk to be happening around Davion Mitchell. I've seen a lot of mocks where he is taken. Uh, a lot of people seem to like him on the Warriors. I am probably on the side of the fence where I... I would, I guess you could consider me a Davion Mitchell hater. Uh, I'm, I'm not sold on his potential. I think he, especially after seeing his physicals measured at the combine, I think I saw he was listed at six foot flat, um, which is a bit below the six foot two that he was listed in college. Um, you know, not the biggest wingspan. Um, obviously, his, his big thing is defense. And um, I'm also not sold on the, the shooting as well. I don't think he's necessarily the 40% three-point shooter that he was in his last year of college. It was a huge jump between his third and fourth year at college. Obviously, an older prospect as well. Um, there's a lot of things that are, that are red flags for me for Davion Mitchell. Um, personally, I might have gone a different different direction, um, but I understand that, you know, you probably got a bit of pressure on from Zion Williamson there um, to do something and make some moves and maybe make an impact push maybe into the playoffs next year just to keep keep Zion happy um I've been hearing some things out of family members or whatever saying that they want him out of New Orleans but so I guess from that aspect you could maybe make the argument that you want a bit more of a player to make an impact right away so I understand that is that is that in your thinking there yeah 100 percent. he's obviously he had um three years at college he's a bit older um he's about 22 um years turning 23 pretty soon so he definitely would contribute to winning, I think, more than the other guys on the board. And and as I said, the fit, I think, makes a lot of sense. With Bledsoe out, Lonzo could be out. Um, Davion Mitchell probably isn't a pure point guard from an offensive standpoint. And that's where I think Zion can obviously carry that load so they can share the, the point guard duties. I, I think I think it's a good fit. Yeah, I, I, I think I like the fit in theory. I just think that... Um his my, my stocks in him as a player and his potential are probably a lot lower than most um do, do you have him do you have him like in a, a set um point on your big board like do you, do you have a ranking for him or is it sort of again that blanket sort of thing at the moment like i was saying before because like, um, i know you well, said you, it's not the best prospect on the on the board how okay, far it, down is he for you? he 
I did have him on 10th on my board, but there, there was okay. another player above him on my yeah. board that hasn't been selected yeah. yet that I would have preferred. Okay. I think has a better upside. Right. Um, so right. fingers crossed I can get him on, on my next pick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I know who I'm going to go with this next pick. So let's, let's, let's head over to the next pick in the draft, which is being taken by the Charlotte Hornets. Now, I think one of the biggest, most glaring needs for this team is at the center position. You know, they've got centerpieces of LaMelo Ball. You know, you've got a lot of other pieces in Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington Jr., Terry Rozier. You've got Devontae Graham. So you've got a lot of pieces on the guards and wings. Um, so there's a big hole at center there with Cody Zeller currently holding on the fort. I just don't think he's going to get it done, at least maybe for next year, just to, to tie it over. But at this position, I am taking Kai Jones. The center, the big man, Kai Jones from Texas. He's going to be my selection here. I think this is the perfect scenario for the Charlotte Hornets. I really rate Kai Jones. I think he's got a very, very high upside and a high ceiling. He is someone who has picked up basketball at a, late, a later stage in life. We, we seem to hear about these guys all the time now. Uh, but he is someone who has a lot of upside, probably still maybe a year away. So maybe he can spend a year behind a Cody Zeller or learn from him, learn from the Bismack Biombos of the world, um, but has potential as a sort of um, floor spacer with a little bit of shooting upside, maybe be able to hit some of those corner threes downs, but very athletic, very um, versatile defender, able to get up and down the court, um, high energy player. Um, And I think him running alongside LaMelo Ball and catching some of those lobs will be very exciting. So um, I think that would be a perfect piece for the, the Hornets. What are, your, what are your thoughts on Kai Jones at the Hornets? I like Kai Jones. I think he's a good, he's your prototypical center these days. Um, yep. Can defend guys in the perimeter. He can defend the rim as well. He probably needs to put on a little bit of weight to some of the bigger guys out there. Um, a comparison would be a Jaron Jackson Jr. Yep. That's kind of where I see him being the floor spacer on offense, can defend the rim a bit, can play small ball center. Um, and I, I like his upside. I, I can see him being probably a third option on a team, but also holding his own um, on the defensive end. So yeah. it, that's a pretty good pickup to have in the, is this the 11th pick? Yeah. Uh, 11th pick. 10th yeah. Pick. I, I, I had pick. him, um, I had him higher on my board on my board. He's the eighth pick. He's the top of this tier for me. I think he has the highest upside of anyone um, that we're selecting at the moment. But I guess with the fit, um, if I was the Pelicans, I might've selected him over David Mitchell. Um, if I was wanting a big man, but um yeah, I guess falling to this spot here um, is, is is a good position for him. So, yeah, Kai Jones, I think it's a it's a dream dream matchup and dream fit for for him in Charlotte. Uh, I, the question is, was was he the guy that you were talking about? Was he your next guy on the board? He wasn't, and I'm licking my lips over here. All right, well let's <laughs> let's, let's get over to the San Antonio Spurs uh, before you 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 lick your lips and, and tell us your pick. Um, I think they. Personally, I think they should be starting a bit of a rebuild at the moment. Um, I know Popovich is still there as of now um, for the next year, but they really are. They've got a lot of lack of talent on this team. I, I, they've got Dejounte Murray. Derek White is there, although he's older than than I expected. Actually, when I was looking at his age, he's he's getting on into his twenties now. So I think Dejounte Murray is your centerpiece that you're building around. You've got Keldon Johnson there as well, who's who's looking solid. Um, Pirtle, yeah, he, he's there. You got Devin Vassell, who didn't do too much in his rookie year, but uh, didn't play too many minutes. So, just overall talent, front court depth, um, and probably a franchise player. But I'm not sure if you're going to get this in here. But let us know who's who's your guy for the. Look, I, I think that's where you're wrong. This could be a franchise player. I I All love right, this pick. I yep. love that he's landed at the Spurs. I think it's perfect. Yep. I, I'm going to have to select um, my boy in an Alperin Sangoon. The oh, Turkish okay. MVP, 18 years of age. He yep. he killed it. I think there's not enough people talking about this man. I think he should go in the top 10. Um, I I would I think it was a better prospect than Davion Mitchell, um, but I wasn't too sure about the fit there um, with Zion because he would clog the paint a fair bit. So yes, I, I couldn't pick him for New Orleans. I think San, San, San Antonio is, is a perfect fit for this guy. I'm really excited. I actually hope this does happen. Popovich loves a good big man. Um, I, I really am reminded by Pau Gasol, by um, yep. Sangoon. Do you see a bit of Pau Gasol? I, I, now that you say it, I actually, I, I kind of do. Yeah, I, I haven't considered it until now, <laughs> but when you say it, it, it does it does make sense in my head. So he, no, I do he's like the next Pau Gasol. He, 
he put up um pretty much 20 and 10 in, in the Turkish league. Huge while, stats. Huge stats while yeah. putting up 1.3 steals and 1.7 blocks. This man yeah. dominated the league. Had uh, good at, passing at the ability age as well. Of 18. Yep. And oh, look, he, he had some great behind the back passes. He, he could dribble yep. out the court. He's 6'9, but he, he's a big 6'9. Like he can defend people in the post. Um, he, strong. He, he's strong. I'm not too sure if, if you could go small ball center. You probably could. Um, his one weakness is, yes, moving laterally on the perimeter. On the perimeter, yep. he could be a bit of yeah. a weakness. Yeah. But he's, he, I guess, I guess the, the knock on him is, is the fact that his play style is a throwback big. I think he's really talented, but I'm not sure how, like, the way he plays, if it if it succeeds in today's NBA. Do you know what I mean? Like, under Greg Popovich, I think it's a great pick. I think yeah, he, he I definitely I can under, under good old Greg. Greg will make it work. I, I have a lot of faith in this pick. I'm re- I'm really happy. I think Sangoon has a lot of a big ceiling. He could be a franchise player on on okay. a team. Okay. And I don't think I don't enough people him. are talking about him. My, my comp to him is sort of like a, a DeMontis Sabonis type is, is the sort of player that I'm comparing him to. Um, you know, he's kind of like that power forward center kind of type, you know, good passer, good rebounder. Um, I'm not sure how well his shot blocking is going to translate to the NBA um, just with that like shorter size. I don't think he's the longest person in the world in terms of wingspan, but yeah, I'm, I, he's one of those tough guys i've been very i don't know where to put him on my board i keep moving him up and then and putting him back down so um I, I feel like he's a tough one for me to get a gauge on but i don't mind the fit here in san antonio so don't I think mind it's a great fit I, yeah. I think san antonio fans if you get sanguine you should you'd be laughing yeah i don't mind at all let's let's move on we'll go through these last couple ones um coming up at pick where are we now pick 13 the indiana paces last pick for myself here they, um, they need some wing depth. They need some shooting and, and probably some secondary playmaking to help out Malcolm Brogdon there. Um, you've got your two big guys in Turner and Sabonis as, as sort of key building blocks. And then Malcolm Brogdon there as well, who was a borderline all-star last year. Um, at this point in the draft, what am I looking for? I've got some players in mind here. If you're looking for someone who is going to contribute right away, I'm considering someone like a, like a Garuba or something like that at this point, but then you've got the fit there with the two big guys. So maybe I'm looking at a bit smaller. I'm going to take what I think is the best player available and someone that it would, would fit alongside um, someone like a Brogdon. I'm going to take Jaden Springer at this pick. Um, I don't think I don't see a lot of people talking about Jaden Springer in their in their mock drafts um, at this point in the draft. I would also consider someone like a Trey Mann, who I'm really high on, but I have moved him down my board a little bit. Um, I just like I like Springer's ability to defend at a really high level. He looks like an excellent on-ball defender, good size at six foot four, um, has a good ability to shoot the three, and I think he can improve there whilst he's not the best shot creator in terms of like dribble moves and creativity, he's strong, finishes at the rim. Um, and on a team that has other, you know, shot creators and playmakers, I think him having that ability to sort of go at his own pace, not feel forced to take a lot of shots. He would fit very well in, on a team like this. So uh, for that reason, I am going to be taking Jaden Springer. What are your thoughts on that, Cal? Um, yeah, look, uh, I don't mind Jaden Springer. I, you probably could have gone a bit later, but I look at this point in the draft, if you like yeah. him, you're just going to take him. It's yeah. probably the, the the right range. It's on, on the higher end. Um, yeah. But he's a little bit limited. I think, yes, he competes in the defensive end. He is about, what, 6'4", so he's yeah. probably more... He's, he's more a combo to... guard. He's like a point... Yeah, he's... He's that sort of tweener type, but I think he, he is, he's good enough and strong enough to defend twos and also defend ones. Uh, he is young. He's only 18 yeah. years of age. He's one of the youngest in this draft. He definitely is, yeah. What do you think his, his ceiling would be if you could compare him? See, I, I, I see him as like a... Uh, my comparison would be like a Marcus Smart type for him. I think he's got that kind of ability. If he, if he can develop that three-point shot and, and continue to improve as a facilitator, I also think that playing on that... Um, where, where is he from? He's, he's from Tennessee um, alongside Kieran Johnson. I think that a lot of the, the stuff that he was able to do wasn't showcased as well at Tennessee, you know, playing with other uh, high prospects like Kieran Johnson sort of, and I think he was coming off the bench at the start of the season as well. Um, so only got into the starting lineup halfway through the season. From there, he started, he averaged close to that, that four assists a game um, once he started. 
So I think I think there's a lot of untapped potential here from from um, Jaden Spring and someone who I am actually really really high on. I've got him fairly high up on my big board, um, probably higher than than most. So. Um, there yeah, was like a name said, you mentioned in um in Karuba, who on my big board I have a bit higher. Yeah. I like Karuba. Yeah. I think on this team they probably yep. might be looking to make a move. Um, you got Brogdon and Karras as your guards, so yeah. bonus and Turner. And I guess TJ Warren's coming back, which is a pretty respectable starting five. It's not bad, yeah. The thing is, I I just feel like if they don't make a maybe a, they have to make the playoffs, so they don't make say a yeah. home seed, it could be a bit disappointing, and. Yeah. I'd say in a year's time, one of those guys would definitely be on the move. And I, I think it's got to be one of the big men in, in Sabonis or Turner, which is why yeah. maybe Gruber would be a bit more of an insurance policy. You do still have, you know, someone like a Goga Badatse and stuff there as well as someone who is playing that backup position. Um, they had another young player, I'm just trying to remember his name, who stepped in and uh, was it Brissett? Uh, yeah, Brissett was someone who stepped in and played like a small ball center. He's a younger player again. So I, the reason I didn't go Garuba, he was on my sort of watch list there, but I think just the fit with a lot of size in Indiana um, sort of pushed me away because I think um, he would be relegated to like a bench role in that in that roster. So um, um, someone who, you know, in Jaden Springer, if they do end up going along, because they're in that awkward phase because they're, they're sort of in no man's land right now. They're, they're, are they making the playoffs? Are they tanking? Are they rebuilding? Like they're, they're sort of, they've got the talent to be competing, but it's not quite enough to actually do anything with it. So with his age in Springer and his timeline, if they do tear it down in a couple of years, he'll still be a piece that they can have to um, sort of build around. So I think in it's terms of the, um, I, I will mention, I'll throw a name that Jared Butler is also on the board. I kind yeah. of preferred him. He, he's a combo guard as well. Um, but he, and he once again competes really nicely on the defensive end. He ended up averaging two steals a game. I think um, um, I think there's a bit of a question mark with his um, – uh, there's a medical condition or something going on with his heart or something like that. Um, I think the reports okay. are – so I think that there's a bit of a question mark that might knock him down the boards um, towards the back end of the first round. But, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't have these medical reports, so I'm not really, not really sure there. Yeah, let's, um, uh, assuming they're all the let's say he's 100 healthy. Yeah, would you consider Jared Butler in in the same role, or you're you're pretty sold in Springer? I think I think Springer to me still has a bigger upside. Um, so I would he's be, younger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would be I would be going there. Um, so let's let's go on to the last pick on the lottery. The last pick we'll do today. Um, the Golden State Warriors are back on the clock at 14. Cal, who who are you taking? All right, it's it's a tough pick just because of the Golden State Warriors. I think are definitely win now. And, and I'm not too sure who's going to fit that mold. We'll just refresh ourselves. Who, who did they pick up? Um, they picked up. Who it was your pick. pick oh, it was Keon Johnson. Keon, yeah, Johnson. Keon Johnson. So they've got so, some defense. They've got some athleticism. They got some athleticism off the bench. Uh, he he yep. could be a bit of a scorer. He's obviously pretty raw um, yep. in Keon Johnson. Um, I, I do kind of like, I like Aruba as a prospect. I like him. I, I think you put him behind Draymond Green. Draymond Green can can teach him a few things. I think yes. they're very similar players. Yes. So so that is one angle I, I could potentially go down. Um, I also don't mind James um, Booknight, who yep. is a bit more of a scorer. So if they want more of that six man off the bench. They could look that option. He could get some minutes off maybe Wiggins when Wiggins is not performing where he should be. Um, but on the other hand, when... Wiggins has kind of stepped up a little bit on the defensive yeah. end. So yeah, he has... Yeah. He's probably not a huge nightmare now, but I actually, I actually quite like matching Garuba with a uh, German green just for the, the future upside there. So I'm, I'm going to take yeah. Garuba. I like it. Pick. I like it. I think that's where I would have gone to with this, with this part of the, uh, this part of the draft. I think he's a fine pick there. Um, just someone who makes winning plays. He's played in a professional team over. Is it uh, Real Madrid? Is, Real Madrid. Is that, is that it? That's yeah. Right. So yep. played, played with other talented professionals there. Um, you can see he's got incredible defensive instincts. Um, still raw, but you know, at the age of 18, it ticks, ticks a couple of boxes. You've got a player for the future and someone who, walking into the league right now, he can play defense. He, he's not going to get played off the court because he can't defend. Um, so I think that that is something that they can definitely use uh, right away. And I think, it's, I think it's around the spot that he probably should go as well. I don't think it's a reach at this point. The one question mark I'd have with him is like they do have James Wiseman, who is meant to be the future center. Do you see them as a, a front court for the future? 
playing together. Well, I think I think you, you get it. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I've got question marks on Wiseman, uh, regardless. But I think if you have a three-man rotation of Draymond, Garuba, and Wiseman, you've got a lot of versatility there in terms of if you want to go small or if you want to be big. Um, and I think that that's really important in the NBA, especially when it comes time to playoffs. Because you, you've got those different matchups. If you come up against a team that's you know got another big center, you can put Wiseman in. If you need to go small ball, you can have Garuba and, and Draymond there. So I think depending on that, it gives you a bit of versatility there. So um, I do I, I like it. I, I think it's um I think it's a good good pairing. And you've obviously got a mentor there in Draymond Green, the best defender of all time, Cal. <laughs> He'd say so. Yeah, <laughs> he literally did say so. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we might call it there, guys. Thank you for watching the video and listening along to the podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, please hit the like button, hit subscribe. Let us know down in the comments all the picks you hated, all the picks that you uh, would change. If you loved any of the picks, if you love Moses Moody like I do, um, if you would do things differently, we love to hear it. We love to talk basketball. Um, so let us know. We try to get back to those comments as much as we can. Subscribe. Um, and if you're listening on the podcast, give us a five-star rating. And we'll be back at you guys um, next time with picks 15 through 30. So until then, we'll catch you later. Right. Hopefully our boy Josh Giddy can uh, get in the draft next time. Giddy, look out for him. See you guys. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.